My aborted autobiography had been smack on. I would die of boredom before this meeting adjourned. Sudden mental image. The infamous sensory deprivation experiments of the 1950s. I pictured volunteers wearing opaque goggles and padded hand muffs lying on cots in white noise chambers. I listed their symptoms and compared them to my present state. Anxiety, depression, antisocial behavior, hallucination. I crossed out the fourth item. Though stressed and irritable, I wasn't hallucinating. Yet. Not that I'd mind. A vivid vision would have provided diversion. Don't get me wrong. I've not grown cynical about teaching. I love being a professor. I regret that my interaction with students seems more limited each year. Why so little classroom time? Back to the subdiscipline thing. Ever try to just see a doctor? Forget it. Cardiologist, dermatologist, endocrinologist, gastroenterologist, it's a specialized world. My field is no different. Anthropology, the study of the human organism. Physical anthropology, the study of the biology, variability, and evolution of the human organism. Osteology, the study of the bones of the human organism. Forensic anthropology, the study of the bones of the human organism for legal purposes. Follow the diverging branches, and there I am. Though my training was in bioarchaeology and I started my career excavating and analyzing ancient remains, I shifted into forensics years ago. Crossed to the dark side, my grad school buddies still tease. Drawn by fame and fortune. Yeah, right. Well, maybe some notoriety, but certainly no fortune. Forensic anthropologists work with recently dead. We're employed by law enforcement agencies, coroners, medical examiners, prosecutors, defense attorneys, the military, human rights groups, and mass disaster recovery teams. Drawing on our knowledge of biomechanics, genetics, and skeletal anatomy, we address questions of identification, cause of death, post-mortem interval, and post-mortem alteration of the corpse. We examine the burned, decomposed, mummified, mutilated, dismembered, and skeletal. Often, by the time we see remains, they're too compromised for an autopsy to yield data of value. As an employee of the state of North Carolina, I'm under contract to both UNC Charlotte and to the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner, which has facilities in Charlotte and Chapel Hill. In addition, I consult for the Laboratoire de Sciences Judiciaires et de médecine légale in Montreal. North Carolina and Quebec? Extraordinaire! More on that later. Because of my cross-border treks and my dual responsibilities within North Carolina, I teach only one course at UNCC, an upper-level seminar in forensic anthropology. This was my biannual semester in the classroom. And the conference room. I look forward to the teaching. It's the interminable meetings that I detest, and the faculty politics. Someone moved that the mission statement be returned to committee for further study. Hands rose, mine among them. As far as I was concerned, the thing could be sent to Zimbabwe for permanent internment. Doe introduced the next agenda item. Formation of a Committee on Professional Ethics Inwardly groaning, 
I began a list of tasks requiring my attention. 1. Specimens to Alex Alex is my lab and teaching assistant. Using my selections, she would set up a bone quiz for the next seminar. 2. Report to Lamange Pierre Lamange is a pathologist and chief of the medico-legal section at the LSJML. The last case I'd done before leaving Montreal the previous week was one of his, an auto-fire victim. According to my analysis, the charred corpse was that of a 30-something white male. Unfortunately for Lamanche, the presumed driver should have been a 59-year-old Asian female. Unfortunately for the victim, someone had pumped two slugs into her left parietal. Unfortunately for me, the case was a homicide and would probably require my presence in court. Three.